Hey, welcome to another edition of the Talking Rock Podcast. I am Mark Striegel, and I'm here with Joey Haney from the Rock Strikes 10 Podcast. How are you, Joey? I'm doing good, Mark. How about yourself? Good, good. Before we get into the episode, I just wanted to give a little plug as to how people can support what we do here. Um, obviously, we love it when you go support the bands that we're talking about on the show. But also, if you'd like to support us more directly, I have a, a Patreon page, which um, is a place where you can get exclusive content. We do an additional podcast. Uh, not an additional. I do a podcast strictly for the patrons every Friday. It's the Mark Striegel podcast. And you get a T-shirt and all sorts of good stuff when you join me on Patreon with a monthly pledge. Uh, of course, I also have the Amazon links on TalkingRock.net, which you can use those to link through to Amazon to make your your Amazon purchase. And and yeah, Joey, what's the best way to support what you do? Uh, everything is on CNJRadio.com. We just recently overhauled the entire website. Uh, with all of our six shows, of course, including Talking Rock, which you're listening to right now. And all of our shows are now on Spotify for the first time. And that's every episode of every podcast. Uh, they're either on the website or on Spotify. And, of course, Apple Podcasts and all that good stuff. Leave us reviews. Subscribe to us. Tell a friend. That's the best way to support cnjradio.com for me. All right. Very cool. So what else is going on? What do we uh, have on the agenda as far as talking points today, Joey? Well, I, I definitely was following it as it was happening online, but I wanted to actually kind of interview you a little bit today here, Mark, about your recent trip to Los Angeles. Cool, cool. I, I know that it started off as a trip to go see Kiss, and that show got uh, canceled slash delayed. I don't know what the Postponed, yeah, they pushed it. It was a Saturday night in September, and they pushed it to a Monday night in March, which uh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be able to fly back there. And I couldn't cancel my plane tickets without getting charged 200 bucks each. So, uh, so we just, you know, we went for it. And coincidentally, we were going to go anyways. But then at the last minute, this Guns N' Roses concert got announced. So we were able to luckily attend that after a frantic 45 minutes of being online trying to buy tickets you know um that that friday morning while we were in la but yeah it was it was a great trip so it really you know was one of one of my favorite little getaways since uh, emily and i have been together i was thinking i might have even liked it better than our honeymoon <laughs> it was it was yeah it was a lot of fun it was really good well, yeah, I mean, talk about turning a negative into a positive. I mean, obviously for, you know, a, guys like us, you know, like a trip to Los Angeles, like, you know, we could definitely probably find something out there to do, you know, probably maybe see a show, even if it's like, you know, local band, a club, you know, somebody's got to be in town, right? I mean, but you drew freaking Guns and Roses doing like what was, I guess, being touted as like a secret slash non-secret warm-up gig. Right, at yes. A, in an intimate place. Um, but yeah, like, and here's the thing, like, there's a lot of people out there that generally when you talk about Guns N' Roses, anybody that has a memory of their initial run, it's that thing about how Axel has that reputation of being late, being a diva and stuff like that. Now, for people that actually follow the band, that are fans of the band, 
that has not been the case pretty much since like kind of the big push with the, you know, mostly original, you know, like Slash and Duff being back in the band. And since he did that ACDC gig, Axel's been on time. He's been professional. You haven't, that's why you don't hear about him so much in the news anymore is because they're being super professional, no shenanigans, still playing epic long shows. Uh, so, but like he didn't really have that on time experience from what I understand. <laughs> well, he, he did or he didn't. Right. Did he, he, they kind of came out a little later than you were expecting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it it is interesting because in Slash's book, which was written, what, like 12, 11, 11 years ago at this point, yeah. Slash says in there, he, spe- he, he actually speculates, you know, like if I were ever to get back with Guns N' Roses, I wouldn't do it uh, if Axel, you know, wouldn't go on on time. So it is interesting. And for the most part, since they've been back together, you're you're 100% correct that, you know, for the most part, he's been um, on time and showing up. You know, most bands that I go see, you know, if the ticket says 7.30, they generally go, the headliner generally goes on, you know, somewhere between... Eight thirty and ten is is usually what I experience, and I will say, uh, you know, with Guns and Roses, it's definitely uh, been, you know, nine thirty ish when when I've seen them go on since Slash has been back in the band, with the exception of the Vegas show, which I saw the first big show with Slash back. That that they went on really late, and this L.A. show, yeah, they, you know, we were on East Coast time still, and they went on. Uh, close to 11 so it was it was a little towards the end of the set you know which was like you know uh 4 a.m to us you know it was definitely uh a little rough we were getting a little tired but but it was still it was great man they they were very good and i will say that once again you just can't judge the um the concerts by YouTube clips, guys, because in the room, the energy was great. I thought his voice sounded great in the room. And then I get people saying, yeah, I saw the clips. He sounds terrible and this and that. And, uh, you know, the energy was not good. And I was like, what? I mean, it's like you just can't do it. And I, I listen, I'm guilty of it. We're all guilty of it because, you know, the clips go up. Somebody shares them with you. They're on blabbermouth and. I'm not just talking about Guns N' Roses. I'm talking about well, anybody. And, and, and yeah, the stuff goes up, and you have no sense of what it was like to be in that room and the energy and the live feel and and even, even the mix because a cell phone camera is not going to capture how that sounded in reality. So, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. the picture quality has gotten great on, you know, your phone videos, especially if you have a good view. You know, you can watch whole concerts on YouTube now. But I recently tried to watch one because I really wanted to, and it was actually for a fan that shot an Alice Cooper show in Paris very recently from this latest tour. And I was like, man, I'd like to relive this show. And I went to watch it, and, you know, I wound up scrolling through it, not watching the whole thing. It's because there's no bass. There's no, mm, you know, like. Right. You just can't judge it. Yeah. Yeah. No boom in the room. You know, like I, that's 
So it's lacking whenever you try to do that. So I don't care who you are, how good your video is. If you're just, it sounds cliche, but it's true. There's nothing that beats being there. So it's like, it's like people that are like either bummed out that they couldn't see it live. So they're going to try to ruin it for everybody. Yeah. I hate that shit, but uh, I'm glad that you were able to get all the way out there from New York to Los Angeles and, See Guns N' Roses in Los Angeles. Like, yeah. for people that aren't from there, that's kind of, that's definitely a bucket list item, uh, especially like seeing them once again in, a, in an intimate setting. So. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was, uh, you know, it wasn't, have you been to Los Angeles? How familiar are you with? Uh, no, the, the closest I've been, the closest I've been to San Francisco. It's my only time I've been to California. Right. So. Well, it was on Sunset Boulevard, which is one of the main, roads in Hollywood in Los Angeles. However, it was not, it was like way, way down on sunset, like in an area that I, I wasn't really overly familiar with. Um, it wasn't like up by the rainbow and, you know, all the Chateau Maman and all that stuff. It was more down, like almost feel more residential, like kind of industrial. There was like some office buildings and apartments. It wasn't, the the main like drag where all the clubs are and stuff so it was kind of like an interesting area that i was not overly familiar with um but you know los angeles is a i you know a lot of people don't like it some people do like it obviously millions and millions of people like it because they go to live there but it is it is a special town and it's very appealing to me just the weather the the vibe uh, there is uh, you know people in New York and New Jersey I don't know they they sometimes there's this rude vibe that comes across sometimes and I like the the pace out there I and I I, I really think that it's a it's a great great town so I, I really enjoyed being there and did did uh what else did you follow from our our trip did you did i post about meet, meeting sean penn you you i i didn't see all of that but you you brought him up on the last uh thing that we talked about so yeah i'm i'm fascinated please let's <laughs> go with that i want to hear sean, i did i what did i say about him last time you just actually said that um you ran into him but you said you had uh uh, met him before and like some of his other family like at a dinner or something is that right oh yeah 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 so a long time ago i, I had breakfast with him and it was kind of a uh colorful uh experience in in new york city when i was working on a i guess it was a documentary about his his movies that was going to air on vh1 so yeah it was it was really crazy so we're walking out of our hotel and they're walking into the hotel, this guy who, I have to admit, he looked older. You know, I, I haven't seen him in the public eye in, in a little bit. Uh, and definitely, you know, a slower walk, a grayish hair, and looked like he's, you know, he's lived. You know, and he was, he was walking up, and I said, uh, I was like, oh, I'm going to remind him that, you know, 20-some years ago, I... I you know, I have this colorful story about us having breakfast together, and I was thinking I would I would relay that story to him. So I, I said, "Mr. Penn, Mr. Penn, how are you?" And he he gave me a nod and uh, a point, you know, with his finger, kind of acknowledging. Sure. 
Sure. And I said, hey, it's an honor, honor to see you. And he kind of then turned and kept walking, which is cool. Yeah. I, I get it. You know, it's like, yeah. and it wasn't, if, if it were like, it was, he was walking into the hotel, I was walking out. And if, if it were like at the at a bar and he was more approachable, I, I would have went up. But it would have been awkward to, you know, start sure. trying to talk with him right right there. Um, sure. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, you know, Hollywood's uh, is a crazy place because stuff like that just happens, you know. And, and then uh, my wife ran into with the, what's the guy, William... Duvall, Duvall, uh, what's yeah. that guy's name? From uh, Allison Chains? No, no, not that guy. Was Devoe, William Devoe. Oh, William that, Devoe, yeah. Defoe, Defoe, thank you, thank you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she she said hello to him, and they exchanged a few words. He was at the hotel, too, so yeah, it was, it was crazy, man, it was good. And yeah, then we, you know, we were out by the beach for a while, and uh, it, you know, it's, uh, I'll tell you one thing, though, man, I haven't been to Los Angeles in 10 years. The homeless people are out of control there. I, I don't remember that, man. Even out in Malibu, there's like homeless people in Malibu. It was it was kind of kind of crazy man it's kind of crazy but yeah That's not the image we try to portray um like that it would be that bad like uh, like one of our recent trips like this decade was out to atlanta and it's so bad out there I, right. i'm not going to get off on too much of a tear here but i thought it, i was fascinated by the fact that there's such a homeless problem in atlanta that they're almost like there's a sign every block that says basically do not give money to the homeless do not feed them and i'm just like man like that's how much it is a thing out there i was just like wowed by that yeah it's, it is crazy yeah. but yeah, yeah it's a perspective for sure but yeah, um definitely. you bringing up sean penn actually makes me think of this and i love a good transition uh i, I and i like sean penn but i was always a bigger fan of his uh, late brother chris penn who uh, uh, some rock ties there, right? Uh, right. Did a, movie, did, did a movie in the eighties called uh, "The Wildlife." Yeah, I forgot was, he died. Right? Yeah. How did he yeah. die? He he, uh, you know, hard living, uh, not in the best shape, that right. kind of thing. So you know, he he left us a little too soon, unfortunately. Now, what else was uh, he in? Was he in? Um, he was. What's was he in? Uh, he was in Reservoir Dogs. He was oh, nice okay. Kennedy in Reservoir Dogs, right. and he was in my favorite movie of all time, True Romance. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. True Romance. That is yeah. a freaking great movie, man. Yeah. So good. I almost I almost owe my marriage to that movie. So I'm always going to have a massive affinity for Chris Penn. Uh, so that being said, you know, I brought him up to bring up the wildlife, which uh, the person who did the score for the wildlife was Edward Van Halen. Right. And, uh, oh, you know, you talk about, you talk about YouTube clips and not being there. I mean, there was a few that went up the other day, uh, because David Lee Roth did a surprise show, uh, kind of, you know, getting some sea legs for his new band, which he, uh, touted, you know, you know me, I'm a big Roth show guy, uh, Definitely. his latest latest band that he put together for his newly announced Vegas residency he said the average age in this band is 25 and I believe that includes him <laughs> so right, right. you know they need a little seasoning even though these guys are like you know semi pro they're all like like school of rock grads or something like that uh, huh. from what I from what I know about them you know they, these guys are ringers they're they're surgeons you know and they can play those riffs and play those solos so obviously Dave wouldn't have hired him if they couldn't that I do know. Uh, but, you know, honestly, I have not watched the clips. And one of the reasons why I haven't watched the clips 
uh, and I don't know if you have, but yeah, I watched one. Yeah. Yeah. The reason I have it is because I'm actually going to one of the shows next year. So I'm very excited about it. I'm a Roth guy, you know, this, uh, so that's another thing I'm like, you know, people are definitely trashing him, but it's kind of been in fashion to trash Roth over the last few years. And not that he doesn't give him some legit ammo and, you know, people say that Roth was never a good singer live, but if you go watch some of this uh, pro shot footage, that has been released recently from like the early eighties, like the diver down tour, fair warning tour, something like that. Like he, he had it going on for a while. Yeah, I disagree with that statement, by the way, 100%. I think Roth was, was a great singer live yeah. and on album. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to unwrap there. And knowing that you're going, I don't know how much you want me to comment on, on the clips uh, that I saw. I, I, I appreciate your honesty. That's why I do the show with you. So Yeah. Well, I would say, I'd say obviously, you know, if we kind of retrace things, uh, at some point within the last three, four, maybe five months. I don't think it was, I think it was maybe on Joe Rogan. There was something where David Lee Ross said, yeah, well, I'm getting together with, with the, with the Van Halens. And he mentioned that they were going to go to dinner or talk or meet or something. He said that, and this is going by memory. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. 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 I I, I saw the whole episode. yeah. Yeah. Was that Joe Rogan? I, something if it, yeah if it wasn't it was around that same time because he did tons of interviews to promote his uh, uh ink the original brand right so he was just everywhere that week so i don't remember if it was that show or someone yeah. else's but i do recall yeah so at that time he mentioned he was going to be getting together with the van halen brothers uh yeah. we know that there had been some sort of outreach to michael anthony back earlier in the year like or even maybe late last year i don't remember and the things fell apart for whatever was maybe going to happen this past summer with Van Halen. Um, so after that, you know, we heard when he was doing press for his tattoo grease or whatever the hell it is, he yeah. mentioned he was going to be speaking with the Van Halens. And he then I, I believe that that meeting probably took place. And it was determined that, for whatever reason, Eddie or, or the brothers or whatever were just like, we're not going to do this. Now, there's speculation, well, is Eddie sick? Is Eddie back on drugs? Is Eddie just chilling and doesn't want to do anything? And, you know, all of the above, who knows? But, you know, so something happened because Roth has been real careful not to do anything, but I think yeah. there was some closure. I think a meeting took place, and there was some closure that, hey, we're, we're not going to do this, or we can't do this, and, you know, you, you can now go do your own thing, or, you know, you're not under contract, or whatever. I don't know, man, but something happened that gave Roth the uh, green light to go ahead, and I think he's he's moving on, so... Yeah, he's already he's already talked about he's gonna finally release the album he did with John Five. So that's that was cool indication to me that he is not in Van Halen currently legally at least. Uh, so there's things like that. Of course, the Vegas residency being yeah. announced. Uh, Steve Lukather actually, someone said that they, someone said that someone said that they heard from Steve Lukather, who's a really close friend of Eddie's and has been for forever. He said 
something to the effect without going too deep that they're not touring and it is a health issue and he didn't want to say anything else past that. Right. Well, you got to respect that. I mean, yeah, I mean, your health is one thing. It's like I, I fully respect anyone's privacy when it comes to, you know, disclosing what's going on with their health. If they want to, that's their business. If not, uh, that's cool, too. I mean, and Ross said, well, it's, you know, Eddie has, a, you know, it's his story to tell or something like that. And that's what makes me think that it's. Uh, yeah. And, and we also know there was one interview where they asked about Eddie's health, you know, in the last few weeks. And, and Ross said, um, you know, oh, well, I hear the same rumors you do. It wasn't a sh- it wasn't shooting down. Oh, no, Eddie's fine. You know. I just saw him. It wasn't that. So so there you go. So anyways, Roth's moving on. And I think, you know, you're probably going to have a great time at the show because the clips I heard, the band sounded great. Uh, I thought it was a little suspect, I guess is the word, that it's funny, the clips he put out, there wasn't, for the most part, like there wasn't much of him singing in the clips. It was mostly just music. And there was... Uh, a big chunk then of him singing some of Panama, um, which I have to admit didn't sound great to me. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, it is a lo- it is a live experience. If the band's rocking, you got the man himself on stage. There's there's something magic about that, you know, to see a rock icon, living legend on stage, doing his thing with a band that sounds great behind him, you know. Yeah. And, and that's and, that's what you're paying for the experience, you know. You could argue that with so many of these bands, and you know, I, I've seen bands using help on stage, and I'm not just talking about Kiss. You know, yeah. I, I've seen other bands. I've seen, you know, I, I don't know if I should name them here, but you know, I've seen. Uh, I'll I'll do one. Um, Motley Crue on their last couple of tours. My God, man. Uh, People should not, uh, if they're going to trash Kiss, uh, I, I can't believe they're not in the conversation more. I think when I saw them on that farewell tour, first of all, had a blast. It was a great show. But like 65% plus of that show vocally was synthetic as all get out. So, yeah, And it's not just, those are the ones you hear in the press, but it's not just yeah. them. It's, you know, Fate's Warning. We were at a Fate's Warning show and the the the, the track was, was going and he wasn't near the mic. You know, people, people like Glenn, Glenn Hughes, they soak their vo- voice in this reverb and then they, they sample in other pre-recorded screams. And we saw that too. He was nowhere near the mic and a scream was coming out, you know? So it's like, it's not just kiss. It's like ev- everyone, everyone is doing this. And when Sebastian Bach says everyone is doing it, he's 100% correct. And the clip I heard of Roth, he was not doing it. So, you know, there there you go. Yeah. You know, I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot yeah. of people. And it's not full on. Um, it's, you know, some of it's full on lip syncing, but a lot of people, it's just little help here and there. Okay. Yeah. Here's a scream. Yeah. You know, we're going to do, we're going to, we're going to sample that scream in. Uh, we're going to, we're going to, you know, this one line that he has trouble singing. We're going to, we're going to pipe that in, you know, so that that's yeah. happening all over. I mean, we saw Steel Panther up at uh, freaking Heavy Montreal. I don't know if they were playing at all. I mean, it was so ridiculous. It was yeah, just like I've, the... 
I've heard that about them. Uh, one here's here's one that'll probably shock some people because they have so much integrity and and influence and you know they're great and I'm a I love this band uh, ZZ Top. Oh, they yeah. do it. Yeah, like and and it, it's in the weirdest place. Like they play live, and for the most part, Billy sings completely live, and then at one point his voice sounds completely different for two songs. Right. Uh, it's on the two Eliminator hits, like the big ones. Uh, uh, legs and uh, I don't remember which other one he does it with, but it's always near the end of the show. I guess his voice is kind of done by the end of it. Uh, but he completely just goes up, you know, where they go up to the mic and their mouth is completely in front of the mic, and it never was the whole show prior to that. And that's what happened. Well, legs, legs, that's like a high, higher range too, especially for somebody like Billy. You know, he's yeah, you know, and if if and if you age. know when when he sang that when he was whatever. 30 years old yeah. you know and, and now he's like you know 60 yeah, or 60s, six, yeah. 60 plus you know it's like yeah man it, it's tough it's tough but yeah. uh but going but going back to the raw thing uh you know I, I we made plans to go out to go to this show probably going to go in march if you're interested by the way uh and when he did the announcement of course he does all the announcements on a show now and I was actually, as a longtime Roth fan, even just Roth on his own, and loving the camp and loving the whole cheesy aspect of him and everything, I was kind of almost a little disappointed in a weird way that this isn't going to be like a Vegas show, you know, like Roth being crazy with a horn section and doing a tons of covers and all this other stuff. Because it's a, like, you know, I have now seen Roth with Van Halen finally. I saw him twice with Van Halen. Totally cool. But I was kind of wanting it to be more Dave, you know. And even when I saw Dave solo on the Sam and Dave tour in 2002, which was amazing, you know, he played 19 out of his 20 song set was Van Halen. And, you know, I get that. They right, were right. Kind of like taking, kind of taking the music back, uh, if you will, because at that point, the brothers just were refusing to work. It wasn't for health reasons or anything. Yeah. Uh, so this one, you know, it's definitely like he's going for bare bones meat potatoes basic you know he actually advertised basically what his set list was on that initial show because the idea he goes the idea of playing vegas is you everybody has to know at least five songs of yours tom jones is an example of that and of course he gets set up by his producer at the end he goes how many songs do you have dave he goes oh you know about 20 so right. and it's like right. pretty much all van halen hits and then you know throws in just like paradise Yankee Rose, just Gigolo, California Girls, that kind of stuff. But, you know, I was kind of like sitting there going, man, you know, I was kind of wanting like the big, you know, you know, titties and lasers, you know, kind of thing. Right, 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 right. <laughs> like, but he looks like he's going for like Van Halen 1, you know, like here, here's us on stage. We're playing it note for note. It's going to be authentic. And, you know, that's cool, too. I'm, I can't wait for the show regardless. But, yeah, he's... uh. It seems like because of what's going on and because this almost could be the last word kind of on Van Halen in a weird way, even though it's not Van Halen, but it's the music. I feel like he's taking it seriously. And, you know, he keeps saying this is going to sound as close to the record as we can do it at this point. And, you know, that's the idea. So that's the show you're going to cool. get, apparently, if you go out there is you're going to get a note for note. Not too much distraction all about the music. 
So we'll see. Yeah, I'd love to go. It's like right now we we've just it's tough. Uh, <laughs> we spent so much money in Los Angeles. I'm not sure if that's sure. going to be in the budget. And plus, it's like getting the older our kids are at this like awkward phase where they're not quite you know they're not teenagers yet, but they're also not little kids anymore, yeah. and they kind of have a mind of their own. So uh child care like for long weekends um and like uh, my mom's in her 70s now so it's like she basically told me she's like i'm not doing this anymore <laughs> you know because it's it, it's like it's a it's hard man it's it's like they're they're uh they're awesome but they're they're definitely not not easy and i think they um take advantage of uh their grandparents so anyways yeah that's a whole nother story yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, 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 yeah. That's they're, they're definitely Eddie, challenging. That's gonna be a, like how Eddie feels when he hangs out with Dave now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, listen, let's let's uh, let's hit some music and wrap this episode, and then maybe we'll come back with a, another episode like like sooner than later. Yeah, that sounds good. Do you have a do you have a favorite? Let's go with this. Do you have a favorite solo Roth song? Ooh, yeah, I I do. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think. My favorite Roth solo songs are probably not going to be super deep cuts. I mean, I could, but you know, I like. Uh, I mean, I guess I really, you know, I really like Shy Boy. I mean, the the Billy Sheehan composed song off of Eat 'Em and Smile. One of my favorites yeah, Bill, for sure. Bill Talis song. Yeah. yeah. English or Spanish? No. <laughs> yeah, English. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right, see you on the next show, Mark. All right, cool.